This is the Mount Carmel Christian Church Podcast. Today, Senior Minister Dee Dee Bacon will be teaching the message. It's such a privilege to be with you at this time. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for uh, logging on. Thank you for uh, beginning to pay attention to what we're doing at our worship time. I'm so grateful that uh, we have this opportunity and this opportunity now in which we move into a new sermon series, a new sermon series that I'm excited about, we're excited about. It's a a sermon series that's going to be designed to create conversation. What we need from you is feedback. What we need from you is for you to respond, to comment, to reach out to us with your emails. We need you to uh, perhaps log on to some of the other things that we have that facilitate conversation, but it's really important for you, uh, for us to to hear from you, and hopefully we provide that forum in a good way. Uh, We start a new series entitled, Let's Talk About It. Let's talk about it. We're going to address matters of faith. We're going to address basic issues, uh, maybe controversial issues, and come at it from a perspective of, from the Bible, but a perspective of a Jesus follower entering into a conversation with a person that perhaps is not on the same page, with a person that may be confused, with a person that may not necessarily believe the same things that we believe. Now, why did we want to do this series? Well, uh, there are a number of reasons. Uh, First reason is uh, the realization that there is a growing group amongst our neighbors and our friends. There's a growing group of people that we live around with as Jesus followers that have decided that the church of Jesus Christ really has nothing to say. They are respectful. They appreciate our faith. In fact, they may ask us to pray on things if we're their friends. They may even participate in our service projects and admire the things we do to love our neighbors. But all in all, they're not very interested in what the church has to say. Uh, I think the best way to characterize these folks is by what's called the rise of the nuns. The rise of the nuns. What does that mean? Nuns. N-O-N-E-S. Well, the nuns are those who decide, have decided that when they're asked the question, religious affiliation, we just had the census that went out and maybe there's a question, religious affiliation. Uh, A lot of these folks are saying none. No religious affiliation. No connection to church. And I have no interest in being connected to church. They have decided that that what the church has to say is old-fashioned, passe, uh, not relevant, and not important to them. They really don't care. It's not that they're hostile. It's not that they're mean. They're not uh, trying to shut things down. No, they just want to be left alone and go about what they're going to do. And you do what you're going to do and don't interfere with their life. And so the rise of the nuns in our society has really brought me to a thinking that, you know, we need to, to get into a better job of having a conversation. We need to, to talk to one another. And so that's why we've, we've called this series, Let's Talk About It. Uh, another reason is, is that uh, unfortunately, sadly, the truth is, is that a lot of the folks that are choosing to to move away from Christianity, to say, I have no religious affiliation, I have no belief per se, I'm not interested in the church. Uh, The sad reality is that a lot of these people are our kids, our young folk, uh, those who grew up in Sunday school, those who spent their youth going to youth group and being part of the church. They, they get to the point in their age where they now have the freedom to make decisions regarding faith on their own. And they look at what they, they grew up with. They look at what they learned and they say, 
I don't think so. I don't want to be a Christian anymore. I don't want to be a Jesus follower anymore. If this is what the Bible really says, I'm not interested in it. Count me out. And so we're hoping that this, 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 this series will provide an opportunity, an opportunity, first of all, for those of us who are Jesus followers to, to be equipped, to be able to engage in conversation. We need to, to be able to, to listen so that we might understand the perspectives of those who are struggling in their faith and in that conversation, we might have the opportunity to perhaps correct, perhaps uh, inform, perhaps enlighten, definitely to share our love and the truth of God's presence in our lives. This is also an opportunity for those of you that may be shaky in your faith. You may have these questions and may have asked these questions and you're coming to church and you're being part of the church because that's what you, you feel like you have to do and that's what you feel is right, but you're still not quite there. You're kind of, eh, I'm not sure about these issues. Well, hopefully this conversation will, will, will encourage you, will, will strengthen you, will, will be able to give you some solid, um, something solid to stand on and feel good about. And then, of course, finally, this is an opportunity for those of you that, that may be skeptical, that may not believe, that may be tuning in just because uh, you've kindly chosen to, to let me, let the church at Mount Carmel Christian Church have this opportunity to speak to you and to, to address these issues because a friend has invited you, uh, a neighbor has said, hey, you need to listen to, to what we're talking about at church. You know, those stuff that I've been talking about, I think they're going to address it at, at my church. Here, please listen to that. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for uh, taking the time to listen, to, to get into this conversation I want you to know if you want to talk deeper, I only have a, a short period of time to discuss these things with you. Um, we provide opportunities. You can respond by email, email me, look on our website. You can figure how to email me through that. You can respond on the comments section on this broadcast, but also you can uh, tune in to, we're doing a, a live presentation kind of thing with some of our teaching uh, pastors, some of our guys, and it's, it's called Say What? And we go on Thursdays, uh, look for that. And if you have a question, send that in and those guys will be able to spend a little more time on your specific question. Remember, it's Say What? And we broadcast on, on YouTube uh, typically and you can find the details of that off our website or if you need to know, just email the church, info at mountcarmelchurch.org. And so we're gonna begin this series, say, uh, we're gonna begin this series called Let's Talk About It with uh, the beginning. We're gonna start right at the foundation of all things. Uh, we're gonna start out with the big question. Why believe in God? And, and this question really has other questions that are connected to it. This is a summary question, but it's a question that says, why do we believe in God? Does God exist? And if God does exist, what's, what's, what's it all about? And so we're going to really pose the question, why believe in God? And again, I'm not claiming to be uh, a great philosopher, uh, uh, you know, in-depth teacher and all that. We're going we're gonna to spend some time. I'm going to give you my thoughts. Uh, but really, I just want to get into conversation and hopefully spark some thinking and spark some, some insight and, and give you some tools to be able to come to terms with this, to, to come to a peace with this, to come to a place in which you feel confident that you're getting the truth. Why believe in God? Well, uh, I want to go off, say off the back that if we turn to the Bible to look to provide a proof for God, um, what we need to understand is that the Bible, the writings of the Bible, the message of the Bible uh, already assumes God exists. I mean, the Bible is a historical account of God's work 
as claimed by individuals within history. And so if you're looking to find a passage in the Bible that provides you step-by-step solid arguments to the existence of God, you're not going to find it. The Bible was written with the assumption that God exists. It, It comes from that viewpoint. But what we do have in the Bible are certain passages of Scripture that I think may help us and guide us and direct us in the pursuit of getting into a conversation about why believe in God. And, and one of those passages comes from the Old Testament. It's called, in the wisdom literature, it's called Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. And this is what it says. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. It says, he, and this is referring to God, so he here is God. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also said, and this is where I would like you to, to take note here. He has also said eternity in the human heart. He has set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. This phrase, he has set eternity in the human heart, really points to a claim of the Bible that inherent in every human being, inherent in every person, is this this sign that God exists. Inherent in every person is this, this, this need to believe that God has placed within each of us in the heart, in the center of our being, something that goes beyond the chemicals and the physical attributes that make our body. You know, we know that to be true. Well, we can say, well, love is is, is really uh, a reaction of hormones and and chemicals in the brain and all that fun stuff. Uh, We know that really love, while it's real, it's very real, is more than just the chemicals that we are creatures that understand that there are truths that go beyond what is able to be proved in the physical, that there are realities that we live with and are very real to us that manifest itself that's beyond uh, the physical. While the physical may be involved, there are things that go beyond it. And so that that claim right there that within each of us has this, this yearning for the eternal, God has placed eternity in the hearts of beings. So, so, so the scripture here says within every, in each of us, there is a clue, there's a sign, there's a pointing to the existence of God. Now the passage of scripture is found in Psalms. It's a worship song written by a man named David, King David, Psalm 19, verses 1 through 4. He says this, the heavens, and he's talking about creation, the heavens, the universe declares the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voices go out into all the, the, the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. And the claim right here in, in this worship song is that creation, the, the, the universe, the complexity, the harmony, the amazing things that we are beginning to discover through science, when we look up into the skies or if we look down into our microscopes, what we see is an amazing design, amazing working of how the physical world operates. And in seeing that, the, the claim here of the psalmist, what you see is the handiwork of God. Creation speaks to the existence of a creator. 
And that's the claim of Scripture right here. And so one of the things that, that we get here is not only is, is the Bible claiming that, hey, inside of every human is the, this pointing towards the existence of God, but also if you really open your eyes and see the way the world is created and you see what goes on and all the things that are absolutely amazing as you, you figure out how the world works from from thermodynamics to biology to physics to all the higher mass stuff and all the way the planets work and how cells and molecules and all the things that go on, they point because of their complexity, because of their harmony, because of their beauty. They point to an intelligent mind that was behind their creation and organization and running. Third passage of scripture runs very similar, but there's a nuance that I, I want to, to, to note here. This is from Romans chapter 1. The Apostle Paul is writing to the Romans, and he's at this point making the statement that no one has an excuse not to know God. And he says, when he says no one, he addresses two people groups. In his world, he addresses the group called the Jews, who were the recipients of God's word through revelation. God spoke to them directly through prophets and, and so on and so forth. But then there are the non-Jews, those individuals that, that were human beings that did not receive that direct communication. And those folks didn't have the direct word of God as the Israelites had, as the Jews had. And he's basically saying, well, both sets of, of people groups that I'm addressing in my letter, both sets have no excuse not to know that God exists. And this is, this is what he says regarding the group of Gentiles, the non-Jews, the ones that, that, that did not receive the things that the Israelites received in Revelation. This is what he says. He says, since what may be known about God is plain to them, them being the, the Gentiles, the non-Jews, because God has made it plain to them, for since creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. So he's going back to that, what we were just talking about in Psalms, right? The, the creation, the world, if you really are open to what it communicates, points to an invisible, eternal creator behind it all. He says this then, but for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And here's the nuance change that I want to point out in what's being claimed here in Romans. Paul is saying that people have the no excuse to not know God because creation speaks to them regarding that. But then he points out something interesting. He said that though they have no excuse, they make a decision on what they're to believe. Instead of worshiping the God of creation, he says, what they do is they worship other things. They worship the creation. They make a choice regarding what they believe and who they believe. They make a choice. Which, which brings me to uh, something that I think is very important, and this is just going to bring us through to a series of things that I would like you to consider. I'd like you to talk about it. I'd like to, you to, to, to talk about these things and just, just follow along with me and my logic. I really appreciate this opportunity. Here, here's some things to think about. From this passage of Scripture, what I see is that Scripture points to something that I know to be true, that I see observed and practiced in life. My experience, my life, my reading, my study, my interactions with human beings, uh, not only here in the United States, but actually all over the world, seeing people from different cultures and different religions and, and different states and different places. What I see as a universal is the fact that every human being lives by a set of beliefs. We all operate 
by a set of beliefs. We all make our decisions regarding what's good and what's not good based on upon a set of beliefs. We all make our decisions regarding how we spend our money, regarding how we marry, how we build our lives. Every human being operates by a set of belief. In fact, I would argue that no human being can live in this world, does live in this world, without a set of beliefs that they live by in order to live and operate. We have this desire within us to give ourselves to a higher power, if you'd like, in belief that brings order out of the chaos that is inherent in our world to explain how things are, are, are meant to be, to help us, guide us in life. We all have this inherent desire to believe. Every single person, you say, well, I'm an atheist, I don't believe. Well, actually you do. You have made a decision that is a faith decision regarding the existence of God, and you are making decisions on a regular basis to live by principles and, and ideas and assumptions about the world that you believe. We all operate in the world. And so in one of the points I, I, I write is that I say, well, based on that, if I think about that, I have to believe something in order to live in this world. That is, that's universal to all human beings. And I, I think that kind of points to what Ecclesiastes is saying. God has set eternity in the hearts of men. Men have to believe in order to live. Women have to believe in order to live in this world. And because of this belief, because they have to believe, my next assumption then is that if I have to believe, if this is something inherent in me and needed in me to live, then uh, I must have been created with it. I must have been born with it. And you say, well, you know, you learn to believe by growing up in, in, a, in a home with individuals, your parents, your family, your, your society that taught you about beliefs and assumptions about the world. You know, there's a saying that says, you see what you look at, right? Uh, we're all orientated to live our lives, to see what we're looking at. And that is a belief thing. And so sometimes we learn about belief basically because of the environment outside of us teaches us that. And I can see that to some extent, but I will also argue that even in that state, if people are uh, inherently, there's inherentness inside of that, there is this desire to, to live life based upon belief. And that desire, it doesn't necessarily come from our, our environments. That desire is an innate in us as human beings. And if we keep going back and back and back, we have to ask, where did that innate desire come from? And to me, that means that I was made to believe, which means that if I'm made to believe, I was created to believe, and I was created to believe, then that means that there must have been a creator. There must have been a first person who initiated that all. And who else could initiate that other than God, right? If I was created to believe, then there, there has to be a creator. Now, the question now becomes, okay, then who is the creator? The evolutionists will say, well, the creator is thousands and thousands of years of evolutionary process. Uh, the idol, idolater will say, well, it was the gods. The, the, the person that believes this will say, well, it was this reason or that, that person or that god or that, that individual. I understand that if we follow this logic, the issue now is, okay, yes, we all believe. Yes, we all were created to believe. Now the question is, who was the creator and, and, and who is the creator and what, did, uh, what was that first movement? Where did that come from? And so I would say, I, I get it, that's where we go, but it still doesn't take away the fact that if I was created to believe, then there has to be a creator. And in asking that, then that shifts the question to the, to the issue at hand. 
if I was created to believe, if there is a creator that exists, then we have to ask, if I'm really interested in matters of faith, if I'm going to be open into this conversation, why believe in God? Then I'd better be open to, to ask the question, has, is the creator, has the creator spoken? Has there been communication given to us by the creator? Now, the Bible says absolutely. Obviously, in Psalms, it says, yes, the world speaks. Romans says creation all communicates the realities of God. Yet we choose to not listen. We choose not to receive that communication. But the issue that I think at hand here is now we come to the very question that I think we all need to ask. If there is a creator and the evidence of it is based on the fact that, that I'm a believer, I need to believe, I need to live by a set of beliefs. If there is a creator, has he spoken? Has the creator spoken? Has the creator communicated in order to, to let us know uh, about who he is and how he operates and what he wants from us and how the world needs to, to live by. Is that creator available to us? Is he friendly to us? Is he, is he loving to us? What does he do and how does he operate? And to me, that is the question that we have to come to and then uh, weigh out what, what, what is presented to us. I will tell you, my belief is that I see that the creator has spoken. And we'll talk about this next week in further detail, but the creator has spoken. He has spoken. He's spoken to me, and there's a historical account that goes all the way back from him talking to me to, to all the way back in the testimony of the Bible of individuals that he revealed himself to, spoke to directly, and in that direct communication, he let me know what he's all about and what he wants and how to live life. Ultimately, his communication comes down to a person, and that person, his name is Jesus, and that person in the name of Jesus, according to the history, historical accounts of his life, that person performed miracles. That person taught things that are captured for us in Scripture. That person established what we call the church. But overall, that person went to a cross, died as he promised, but came back to life again and was raised from the dead. And because he was raised from the dead, we can say, I can say, I believe he is the ultimate communication from God. And he is the one that I need to give my full attention to. That's where I land with this. That's where I go with this. It's my prayer that you would uh, consider these things. It's my prayer that you'll talk about this in your small groups. Get together with your small groups. And let's talk about these scriptures. Let's talk about the depths of belief. Let's talk about how that belief manifests itself. And, and let's, let's get confident if you're a Jesus follower about the fact that you follow not just a set of principles, you follow not just a, a set of teachings, no, you follow God who sent his son and died and came back to life again, which means he continues to live today. We don't live a, a dead religion, but we live in a, a, a living, walking faith where God walks with us. And my life is a testimony to that. My day-to-day my -day affirms that as I open myself up in the journey of faith seeking him. It's my prayer that you would consider this. And again, I know uh, this short amount of time, I've, I've hit on a lot of things, uh, hit a lot of topics that may have sparked questions and may have sparked uh, resistance and may have sparked, but what about this and but what about that? I get that and would love to hear those things. Would love to hear from you. If you have a decision of faith that you want to make, we'd love to hear from you in that way. If you, if you have questions of faith, uh, let us know. Email us, comment us, 
Give us a phone call. Yeah, our phones are working at the office. We're there. We will we'll hear that and, and follow up with you as soon as we can. Let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you for this time that we can share. I thank you for this time that, that we can just introduce this topic. I, I know you exist, and I'm thankful for, 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 for just the blessings you provide. I pray that, Lord, um, this time as we begin to churn up some things that, that perhaps provoke questions and and, and bring some insights. I just ask that you would speak to those who are listening, that you would speak to them and help them see that you are real, that you exist, and that you are desirous of connection with, 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 with those whom you've created. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You can find out more about us on the web at mtcarmelchurch.org.